Mick Monica here with you on our five-hour midnight ride. Everybody get ready, because here it comes. I got you till then, which is five hours from now. When will then be now? Soon. Soon. But hopefully not for a while, because I love doing this. And we got you till five o'clock, and the warm-up show will come your way on this Friday morning. Fleegs obviously on the other side. Connor's still hanging out for a bit. 877-337-6666. 877-337-6666. Right here on the baseball fan. That's right, baseball's back. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to, oh, we don't, you know, baseball, uh, 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 you know, it's not the same as it used to be. No one cares about bitches and catchers. Oh, the excitement for baseball. I'll tell you what, that's all I know. All I know is I was listening to the radio today, and I heard Evan screaming and yelling about Pete Alonso, and he's dead wrong on the situation. We'll get back to the Pete Alonso conversation. We got A-Rod Day today. It's A-Rod Day. We're finally retiring his number in this studio for whatever reason that is. I don't know, but hey, it's A-Rod Day. I've been Team A-Rod since the day he walked in here after he spurned MLB leadership and walked right into the studio and talked to Mike Francesa and spoke his personal truth. And that's how I'll put it. I'm not sure how much like overall truth it was, but it was his personal truth. And I've been Team A-Rod since that day. So I'm happy to celebrate A-Rod Day. That's right. I love Alex Rodriguez. There wouldn't be a championship in 09. The last championship, this miserable team, and that disgusting GM Brian Cashman has won since. Otherwise, you have to go back to the Gene Stick Michael championships, and Cashman would have nothing. Nothing! So, yes, Alex Rodriguez Day, baseball day, pitchers and catchers, teams are speaking. Marcus Stroman's going to get off social media. What a glorious baseball morning. Let's go. I'm pumped about it. I am. I'm I'm actually pumped about it. I don't know if you can tell. I'm excited baseball's back. I love the sights. I love the sounds. I love the press conferences. I love how everyone's in the best shape of their life. I love all the cliches. I do. But the one thing that I that again I, I mentioned this a little bit yesterday, and what I'm still noticing now, as we really do start to focus on this, is everything and Marcus Stroman, believe it or not. Marcus Stroman is the voice of exactly what I'm talking about. Marcus Stroman's locked in, right? Marcus Stroman, I'm not sure if he was supposed to announce it or not or whether it'll come to fruition, but he's already talking about the home opener. He's on his social media. He's on his Instagram locked in. It's about chasing a championship. Don't bother me till Thanksgiving. I'm going to miss your phone calls. I'm going to miss your text messages. Sorry, Ma, I love you. But I just can't speak to you right now because we're focused on 2024. Right? And Brian Cashman, pencils aren't down just yet. I don't know. Just abacadabba all the way down, Cash. On that Scantron, pencils are not down yet for Brian Cashman, which I don't necessarily believe. And we'll get to that. But it's all about this year for the New York Yankees. And I love what I'm hearing, right? 
Now, it's just the first couple of days of spring, but I love what I'm hearing. I saw the I saw the I saw the SMY report where it looks like Rodon is already hitting 97 miles per hour, which he wasn't he was hitting 90-92 when he showed up to spring training last year. He's in the best shape of his life. Marcus Stroman's locked in. Stanton's probably in the best shape of his life when he finally gets here. Juan Soto's already working within the organization to talk to the kids in the Dominican. Everybody's excited. Everybody's pumped. And it's all about this year. And they desperately do need to add pitching. Now, I don't think they're going to, but as this free agency, and you just heard the commissioner of baseball in the cut Marco just played, talking about some sort of deadline that they should work on in free agency to build some excitement because, yes, I agree, up until we saw all these sights and sounds and up until we actually heard the popping of the glove and the cracking of the bats, it's been a kind of a long, dead January into early February for Major League Baseball with really nothing going on since Yamamoto signed. I mean, just absolutely nothing. And they need to figure out a way to build some excitement and actually have an offseason like many of the other sports actually do. But now that we are here and there is some enthusiasm, I mean, and as we see these guys still unsigned, maybe, just maybe, I still don't think there's any chance in hell they sign Blake Snell. I still don't think there's really any chance they, I mean, but at least now there's an idea that maybe this market is collapsing because Snell's going to want to get into a building. Snell's going to want to get with his coaching staff. Snell's going to start working and know where he's going to play for the next handful of years. And that's really the only way the Yankees sign him. Like, we could talk about pencils not being down. I don't know what Cash has left to do because he's not going to give Snell. I don't think Steinbrenner will allow it. He's not going to give Snell a big-time contract. He's just not going to. They made an offer. We're not sure exactly what it was. I heard um, Brian Cashman on the uh, Talking Yanks podcast. We'll get into some of the things he said. Apparently, he's a big gift texter, which I love. If If you've seen my Midnight Ride tweets. I love the gifts. But in that, you know, he's talked about that. Yeah, you know, there's a report. I'm not saying that we didn't give him a contract, but maybe some of the particulars aren't exactly accurate. We don't know what kind of contract they offered Blake Snell, but they pivoted to Marcus Stroman, and that's the end of it. Unless that market collapsed to the point where he's going to get practically a one- or two-year deal. Like, I just don't see it, especially knowing what's waiting in the wings, which is the... Juan Soto contract next offseason. You know it. But honestly, if you listen to the Yankees, and rightfully so, no one's concerned about it. Brian Cashman's not concerned about it. Hal Steinbrenner's not concerned about it. It's not about Juan Soto in the offseason. It is more about Juan Soto's offseason in Queens than it is in the Bronx. In the Bronx, he's in the pinstripes this year, whether in the New Jersey's that nobody likes or whatever. It's about this year. It's about getting locked in. It's about Rodon feeling the best he's felt in years. It's about DJ LeMahieu feeling the best he's felt in years. It's about Stanton turning it around. It's about, you know, figuring out this bullpen and having something you could take north in a month that will help this team win a championship this year. And we talked about this yesterday. And all the different guys who are leaving, all the different guys, whether it be obviously possibly Soto, Verdugo, Torres, Holmes. I mean, a lot of the bullpen, whether it be Canely and like all the, there are so many one year contracts. The Yankees are all in on this year like they've never been before. I would still like, I hope those, I hope I'm wrong and I hope the pencil is still up 
because they need to do something, whether it's trade for Bieber, add a pitcher. That rotation isn't set. Other than that, the lineup is set, the team is set, and it's about figuring out a way to get this team a championship this year. That's what the Yankees are focused on. Marcus Stroman said it best. They're locked in. What's the conversation with the Mets? Oh, you know. Well, you know, we'll let's let's argue about Pete Alonso and his contract for next year, and whether or not the Mets are going the Mets are going to get Juan Soto, and whether Beatty can develop, and what Vientos can turn into. Anything but how can we win this year? Anything but, and I'll scream it again. I will yell it till the. I mean, we can talk about Pete Alonso. He's on the team this year. For me, let it hit free agency and then deal with it. That's exactly what they did with Judge. That's what the Mets should do. Let Pete Alonso hit free agency, incentivize him to have a monster freaking year, and then pay him, and then pay Juan Soto. And I heard some things that Evan will get to that make absolutely no sense to me. And some of the narratives around this Pete Alonso thing makes no sense to me. But this Mets squad, I mean... Is the, are they even playing this season? Or are we just focused on whether the young kids can develop? You know, what's going to happen in the offseason? Does the owner have money to really improve this team then? What is the the what are, what are some of these prospects they've acquired through trades? Oh, look, Verlander's not feeling great. See, it justifies not having a rotation. Like, I just, I don't understand what's going on in Queens right now. I got to be honest with you. And the idea that this owner isn't rich enough to do both makes no sense. And again, Montgomery, we just talked about how the the market for some of these pitchers has collapsed. Well, none greater than Jordan Montgomery, who's been waiting around for Texas to pony up, and they're not going to. So if the Texas Rangers are not going to sign Montgomery, who is? And this is a pitcher who's proven to be a postseason performer. He's pitched in New York. He's a young, left-handed guy who's just starting to tap into what he possibly could be. We talk about not paying for past performances, paying for the future. I mean, who looks like they've turned their career into what can be the next bright future more than Montgomery? He doesn't He doesn't come with a, losing a draft pick. He doesn't have the qualifying offer attached to him. He's a young kid. He's going to be part of your you know, window of actually competing, which I guess hopefully will start next year. It doesn't make any sense to me. Go out and sign, and there's no talk about it. There's more talk about the Yankees getting Montgomery. There's more talk about the Yankees dipping back into the 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 rotation and some of this the market for the rotation and getting another pitcher. Why why not the Mets? Oh, you're going to have so many rotations, you know, like that's part of the reason why you're concerned about Pete Alonso. Because if you think about it, think about what you're going to have to do next year, right? If you don't see him sign Pete Alonso now and you let it go into the offseason, well, now you got to worry about Pete Alonso. You got to try and get Juan Soto and you're going to have to fill all these rotation spots. Well, why not start with one right now and go get Montgomery? I, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Are there going to be a lot? Are there going to be more better options next year? Right now, this market's collapsing. Everyone says to me, you know, here's the thing about Steve Cohen, right? Well, yes, he's a billionaire. Don't get me wrong. He's, you know, he's a billionaire, but he's a, how do you think he got that money? How do you think Steve Cohen became a billionaire? You think he became a bad uh, billionaire spending bad money after bad money? 
Think he made, became a billionaire making bad deals? No, I think he became a billionaire being extremely smart and making good deals. Well, who knows what next free agency is going to look like? And who knows what the market's going to look like? And who knows what the price tag for starting pitching is going to be? What I know right now at the moment is that this, this pitching market with two of the biggest, I guess two of the three biggest names, if you take out Yamamoto, and I don't expect the contracts to get up near $325 million, I mean, two of the three biggest starting pitching free agents are still on the market on on now February sixteenth, and they and and Montgomery in particular just lost the one team everybody thought he was going to. His market is collapsing. You know what that sounds like to me? An opportunity for a good deal. That's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like an opportunity to pounce on a young kid who's probably willing to come back to New York, whether it be with the Yankees or not, but say he's got you know something stuck in his craw about the way the Yankees handled it. He clearly knows the area. He's lived in New York. His wife's staying out on the East Coast, opening up a yoga studio, whatever it is, in Boston. There's no reason he wouldn't be open to it, and his market just fell apart. Go make a good deal. Go make a smart deal. Go spend some money. And it doesn't hamper you. You're, you're not even losing a pick. It's not even a qualifying offer issue. He was traded midseason last year. He wasn't entitled to one. There's no downside to this future-building great extravaganza that this new GM has in store for us. This doesn't hamper the idea of building towards the future or whatever verbal garbage, as I coined it the other day, that he's trying to peddle on you. This doesn't hurt it at all. There's no downside to it. This isn't an old agent veteran. This isn't going to get Max Scherzer at the tail end of his career. This isn't going to get, this isn't $40 million a year for Verlander or Scherzer. This is what I would think at this point may just very well be an extremely friendly contract for a pitcher who's about to hit the prime of his career. And is anyone even remotely talking about it? Have the Mets settled on getting nothing but the Severinos of the world for this coming year? And focused on all the different ways you can, you know, look at success and all the different ways you can measure success instead of focusing on this year a little bit while you still can put in someone who can be part of next year? Go get Montgomery. It makes too much sense. It makes too much freaking sense. That's who should be. And forget the Yankees. Forget the forget the Yankees for a second. The Mets should go get Jordan Montgomery. There's no doubt in my mind. That's the perfect fit. It's the one guy. You know, listen, Snell has, the, if you want to make the argument, Snell's a little high and low. There's no doubt about it. His great years are great. His down years are down. He walks a lot of hitters. He walks a lot of batters. He's probably going to get more money than Montgomery, and he's got the qualifying offer attached to him. You lose a pick. If you have this, you know, oh, we can't afford to lose picks right now with what we're doing. Montgomery doesn't come with any of that. You're going to get him cheaper than Snell. He doesn't have a pick. And I think if you want to be honest about it, yeah, I don't know if he wins Cy Young's. I would say if one of those two guys are going to win a Cy Young next year, it's probably Snell. 
But who's going to be more reliable two years over the next three years without question? Just solid, solid, solid. It's it's Jordan Montgomery. Go get him. Go do something. Pete Alonso, save that for next year. I I, I don't understand. Like, the, let's focus on this year for half a minute. Let's just take a second, can we? Can we just take a second and instead of daydreaming about what this team could be, let's talk about what it is right now and what it should be right now. And I understand the Mets, you know, I understand the Beatty conversation, the Vientos conversation right now, and playing young kids, and it sounds all nice. But I don't know how I feel about just handing third base over to one of these two guys. I don't know how I feel about third base DH just being handed to two rookies or two young kids who haven't proven a damn thing and, in fact, have not really shown you the promise that they we all thought they had. It's a, it's a nice thing, but ultimately, it's 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 more of just the feeling of well, we need to see what they are. So when we make decisions that matter next year, we'll have more information. When we want to know what this team is going to feel like when we decide to actually care about it, we'll need to know what Vientos and Beatty are, and we'll sacrifice this year to find out those answers because those answers are important for the lifeblood of an organization and it all sounds great and if you put it in a blender and and spit it out maybe you could swallow it and well you know it doesn't taste that bad it makes kind of sense you got the richest owner in baseball you want to give me that you want to put that in a blender add it with montgomery and make me feel a little bit better about this coming season 877-337-6666 so baseball is upon us, though. It is time. And I don't want to hear that, you know, nobody cares. I don't want to hear pitchers and catchers are boring. It's not. It's the talk of the town. It's the buzz of the city. We'll get into some of the uh, more uh, comments that Brian Cashin made on both his uh, meeting of the media and his uh, one-on-one interview with Talking Yanks that I just listened to on the way in. A couple of interesting things there. Marcus Stroman talking about being locked in, wearing... 1996 Yang. I mean, listen, if this were anybody but Strowman, let's be totally honest. If this were anybody but Strowman, we'd be eating it up. Guy shows up with a 1996 Yankees championship hat on, talking about he's not going to talk to his friends. He's not going to go on, you know, he's going to live the Marco Belletti life until Thanksgiving because he's focused on the championship and he's already got his sights set on opening day. Like anybody else, we'd be eating this up. And maybe we're eating it up from Strowman. I'll find out from you. 877-337-6666. But I get the feeling that, you know, it's a little, we're still a little cautious. And we're a little cautious to say Rudon looks good. And we're a little cautious to say our pencils aren't down yet. And rightfully so. But at least the Yankees are, are we know where they stand on this season. The Mets are all about next year. Chargers and the New York Giants have exchanged their draft picks. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Eli Manning and Philip Rivers. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. What's going on? How we doing? 1228, McMonagle here with you on our five-hour midnight ride. Just getting warmed up. Just started the engine. We're still waiting. It's freezing outside. We're warming the car up, turning the heat on, blast. Getting ready. 
just to take off with your phone calls at 877-337-6666. Obviously, we open with baseball. We got the Knicks and the Nets, I suppose. They still play basketball, right? Fleagues? Nets still play? He thinks so. Yeah, I, th- I think so. That's for you, Keith. I know you listed him on the way home. Uh, I saw that Gio talked about the Nets today and I almost no. choked. Did he really? I can't believe it. What is he doing? He said they got to do something about Jacques Vaughn, but when I saw it online when I woke up, I yeah. was like, I can't believe he acknowledged them. I know. It must have been, uh, it must have just been a riff off Jerry giving the score. No way that just automatic, no way that just naturally came up from Gio. You could give Boomer and Gio 10 hours. <laughs> They're not talking about the Nets on their own without Jerry bringing it up. Probably the case. But we've hit the NBA All-Star break. I mean, I guess there's some games tonight, but the, uh, the Knicks have hit the All-Star break. Hopefully we'll come out healthier on the other side. Come out clean on the other side, like Andy Dufresne. Let's hope. And then we wait for Ananobi and Randall to come back and make that run we all hope and imagine can actually happen. The Rangers are hot as a pistol. Uh, six in a row. Uh, hat trick from uh, our man Kreider. So they've turned it around since the All-Star break, since benching Igor. But we, but right now it is baseball. And I don't want to hear, you know, pitchers and catchers and, oh, it's the spring and who cares. This is, this is the best time of the year, baby. Everybody's, everybody's great. Everybody's the healthiest they've been. Everybody is in best, best shape of their lives. We all know the cliches. But it's back. It's back. And I know it's only pitchers and catchers. And for Yankee fans, we know what we're waiting for. We're waiting for... We're waiting for Juan Soto in that beautiful uniform. We're waiting for him. And I, I just, I, I, that alone, I don't care. I, are there holes? Sure. Is it the greatest Yankee team of all time? I don't know. We'll see, but probably not. Are they the best team in the division today on paper? No, probably not. But Juan Soto and Aaron Judge are going to hit back-to-back. It's enough for me. It's enough to make me excited. And the offense, with the addition of Verdugo as well and Grisham, this offense is going to be much better. And that's going to be the the test, really. Because, look, you can look back at the years. The pitching has been better. The pitching has been pretty. Even last year, I mean, the bullpen had the lowest ERA in baseball. Cole won the Cy Young. Everyone else besides that, yeah, sure. Had You know, Rodon was horrible. Uh, Nestor was hurt. Severino was horrendous. But it was really that anemic offense. And we all talk about it, Yankee fans. Every one of you call it. It's not just how they, it's not just that they lose, Big Mac. It's not just that they lose. It's how they lose. They're impossible to watch. It's nothing but strikeouts. Everybody's swinging for the fences. It's the worst offense I've ever seen. I can't take it anymore. It's the way they lose, Chris. It's the way they lose. Well, hopefully this offense should be much, 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 much better. Much, 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 much better. So I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to Soto. I'm pumped about him. And for the Mets, again, I don't want to harp on it. We, we'll get more and deeper into the Alonzo thing. I'll give you my take on it again. You know how I feel. Let him hit free agency. I have no problem with it. I think Evan was screaming about nothing all day today. I'll be totally honest with you. I, if you had a chance to listen to the Afternoon Drive show, I know Evan's a big fan. I know he wants to shave his beard. There is no reason to extend Pete Alonso. None. None. 
There's there's no reason. And some of the arguments just don't make sense. I want to save it for a little bit later. We'll get into it. But I know Joe in Long Island wants to talk about it. What's up, Joe? C-Mac, what's going on, man? What's you up, buddy? Up. You got me dressed up, driving home from the garden, listening to you. Oh, uh, yeah? Watch the win. It's a great game. Great game. Um, great, great, great win. Looking good. But I wanted to touch on Alonzo uh, since you've been talking about it. I, I don't understand the infatuation of having to sign this guy right now. Yeah, I'm a diehard Mets fan. Mm -hmm. I get it. We haven't had somebody in this, in this, uh, in this league and in our team to, to be that guy to, to, to start his career and end his career as a Met. Last guy we seen was David Wright. Yeah. Short career. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But what I've been screaming all day, like you said, I just, why, it's the smartest decision to make. Let him hit free agency. Let the, why pay this guy and extend him? And to be quite honest, I listen to BT and Sal. I, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards what BT is starting to, to feel and think. And well, he's been thinking and saying it that that they shouldn't sign him. Or he's, you know, he's going to go. And and he's a thick first baseman. And his defense, and defensively, he's not going to be getting any better than he is now. To me, um, why give this think- guy twenty? 20- $25 million. Yeah, well, see, now, I, I agree and disagree with you. I agree you don't have to sign him now, but I disagree. I want him to be a Met. I want well, him to be, I, I do, too. I do, too. I want them to sign him. And, I mean, I guess that's fair. Listen, his defense probably isn't getting any better, but I don't, I don't, think, I don't think you're in for a steady decline of offense. I mean, you look at it. The one thing, no. I disagreed with a, a lot of what Evan said today, but I do agree with the idea. I mean, he is the most reliable power hitter in the game. He plays as much as anyone. He plays 150 games without question, and if and he hits 40, he hits 40 home runs a year. I mean, they don't grow on trees. He is a nobody's no. hit more home runs since since the first day he stepped foot on a major league baseball field. No one in major league baseball has hit more home runs. He is he is a premier home run hitter. Want him to be a mess for life, but let him let let Uncle Stevie let him go. Let him let's see what he gets, and then if there's anybody that's going to pay him, it's going to be him. Well, that's what I'm. So, that's what I, that's my point. Thank you, Joe. Like, there's to me, there's no rush to sign him. Like, and Evan kept using the example of Aaron Judge. Use it. Get a 62 home run season out of him, which you're going to desperately need if you want to win this year, because you haven't done really anything else to help this year's team. You're going to need a monster year. Incentivize him to have the monster year, and then pay him. And then one of other, uh, and then the other argument Evan made was, well, I mean, listen, you know, if you don't pay him now and you hit free agency, oh, it's the perfect excuse. You'll have Soto waiting there, and it'll be, oh, would you, what would you rather have, you uh, Met fans, Soto or 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 Alonzo? And it's a not fair question. And then that'll be the pure, perfect excuse not to sign him. Like I don't. So what are you you're saying that if you pay him now, then what the money disappears next year, and and Cohen won't. You know, won't mind paying the next guy? Like, you pay them both. And for, what's the difference what year it is? And the contract numbers he's talking about, I mean, he's not going to get more than that on the free agent market. He, he's, he's willing to give him 200. He's willing to give him 20. He's willing to give him $30 million a year. If you're willing to give him $30 million a year, $35 million a year, wait, what do you think he's going to get on the free agent market? You pay both of them. I totally agree with him on that. Pay both. What's the difference if you pay Alonzo now or pay both of them next year? Like I don't I don't understand that. 
With one breath, he's saying, oh, Met fans, all of a sudden you don't think Steve Cohen's this big, can't spend both, can't do both. All right, well, you're worried about giving him an excuse by having both of them on the free agent market next year. Pay them both. Incentivize him to have a monster year and then pay him. And if he has a down year or, God forbid, gets hurt, and I don't want to see him get hurt at all, but if he gets hurt and can't play that much or has a down year, now you've just saved money before you gave him that enormous contract. Like It's at the point now where he's not going to take anything less but the enormous contract to sign. He's going to want hit for agency unless you give him something crazy. Why give him? Why overpay this year? In, in case what? The Angels give him $400 million next year or $350 million? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not. It's just not. I mean, listen, the Padres offered Judge four hundred million dollars. He stayed. I'm not worried about losing Pete Alonso. If the Mets want him, they'll get him. Plain and simple. If the Mets want to sign him next year, they will sign him. And and listen, as much as this pains me to say, as a Yankee fan, I don't want it to happen. But if I'm a Mets fan and I'm looking at this objectively, sign both of them. Go sign Alonzo and sign Soto. If you want both, what's the difference if you give Pete the big contract this year or you you give him both the contract in next year's free agency? I just, I don't understand any of the the talk about Alonzo. I I don't, I don't, why you have to do it now, I don't know. Play out the season and then see what happens. And again, I don't discount the idea of dangling that carrot. I think that's a valuable thing. I honestly, and it's not, I, I, you know, I, when I say this, I don't, I want to make sure that I don't insult Judge necessarily because it's not like, oh, you know, Judge wouldn't have had a big year. All he cares about is money. So the idea you dangled that carrot, but it's just the way people are. It's inherent. It's also a little bit of like a F you, I'll show you. It's not just about the money. It's, oh, you don't value me right now? You don't, you don't think I've shown you enough to warrant that contract yet? All right, I'll show you. I'll show you. That little bit of extra chip on the shoulder as well as going for the money. Like, why not give that to Pete Alonso and see what he does with it? And, and you have the richest owner. If you were the, if you're the, you know, if you are the Milwaukee Brewers where Stearns last worked, if you are the, you know, I don't even know, San Francisco Giants who are probably right a, a little bit below a mid-mark, you know, right a, a below the big market, you know, can still spend but not at the rate the Mets can. If you are a team, something like that, where you're a little hesitant in the idea that the big bad Yankees or or Dodgers or someone else will come and outbid you, that's fine. But this is Steve Cohen. No one's going to outbid him for a player he wants. Brian Cashman said as much earlier in the year. I don't know if anyone can compete with the, the Mets. And the Dodgers aren't going to be in the market. They have Freddie Freeman. So I, I don't have any problem... Playing this year out with Pete Alonso. Play it at this point, forget it. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even bring it up to him. Forget it. It's over. Hit free agency. And then sign him. But that's where I disagree with the last caller. I still sign him. I want Pete Alonso on the Mets. That's the only benefit of getting him to the contract. That that ends any kind of fear. But I don't really have the fear. Giving him a contract now ends it. And then you just know and you feel better and you could sleep at night, I suppose. But I really have no fear of him leaving if the Mets want him. So, I mean, 
to give him an extension now is under the guys that the Mets want him. So if the Mets want him, then they'll get him. Now, next year, whatever. And I like dangling that carrot. Go out and have an amazing season, Pete. Go carry us to a go carry us to an NLCS, and then you will get your just reward. For you are a diamond in the rough. Jeff and Fairway, what's up, Jeff? How you doing? I want to talk about Brett Beatty. Yeah. The first uh, very underrated Beatles song called "There's a Place." Off There's a place the where I can go. <laughs> yeah, and where where is that place? Um, there's a place where I can go. Oh, jeez, I think I lost the lyrics there. No one, no one knows. Where I can, when I feel blue, blue. and it's my mind, and there's no time in his mind. That's yes. what he's talking about. Right, yeah. Yeah. Well, I and then what's the thing? And I think Brian Wilson ripped that song off when he sang the song in my room. He got that from Lennon. I'm telling you, that's, that's, that's my opinion. That's possible. I think Listen, you got. I think so. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes first. both. It goes both ways. I think Sergeant uh, yeah. Pep, Sergeant Pepper was influenced by Pet Sounds a great deal. So, right, true. All right, Brett Beatty. Yeah, if he wants to be a full time player, he better start learn how to hit lefties because he looks not as bad as Ike Davis up there against lefties, but he don't look good <laughs> at all. Maybe Keith Hernandez could work on him and spring training. Like, remember you used to taught Strawberry, keep the shoulder in? Because this guy's going to be a platoon player if you don't start hitting lefties. I, and I bet you it's going to be a platoon this year with the Antos, unless he learns how to hit lefties really quick. Yeah. No, listen, he, he absolutely does. Uh, that's that's part of it. Um, I'm trying to find the splits here, the, the phone version stinks. Um, yeah, listen, he needs to, and that's part of it, right? They want to, they want to see what Beatty is and I get it. I do. I get it. Right. He's been a top prospect. He was the top third base prospect in all the baseball before he came up. You want to see what he can do, but as much as he's got a sweet swing and his first at bat was a home run and all that, and that's all great. Yep. We've, we've seen a lot from him and yeah, he struggles against left-handed hitters. He's only, I mean, forget left-hand, all hitters. He hit, you know, he hit 212 last year. Uh, with a 598 OPS, um, he needs to do far better. He needs to now listen. I'm open to giving him a try. I just hate, I hate going into the year under the like you're the Mets, and it's tough to just, especially when there's other holes when you have a rotation full of guys you're just hoping come through, and now you've got a lineup where you're just giving jobs to two underachieving prospects and hoping that they figure it out. And then under and then we'll tell you, well, listen, we at least we like the measures of success and the different ways to be successful. Like at the end of the year, they might tell you, well, we found out uh, the answer on Beatty. Even if it's negative, we found out the answer on Beatty and Vientos. That's a a form of success. Like I mean, it's just it's silly, it's silly. And they need another bat. You can still find out about Beatty and Vientos and get JD Martinez. Like they're, they're you can do both. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so on. I'm sure that was long. Yeah. Well. Well, I'm we're, giving we're you a ch- I'm giving you that. a chance, Jeff. Anyway, you, you, you I, come up, you come up with Beatle I, lyrics to start the call. <laughs> I give you five minutes. I appreciate it. Uh, well, you know the Mets will drop their history except for '86 when they have no expect expectations, no pressure on them. There's no pressure on them this year. '69, they had no pressure. They they won. '73, two. 
you know, yeah, they're going to win the World Series. They also, they also had really no pressure. In, they also had no pressure in 62, 63, 64, 65, so, 66, 67, and 68, and it didn't go so well. But it was the, it was the non-pressure of 69 that really led to the success. Um, listen, I'm not telling, again, Met fans, I'm not trying to tell you you have no chance to be successful and don't care and, and don't get excited for the season. Always get excited. You never know. Totally true. 2017, the Yankees, I had zero expectation going into the year. I did not think they were going to be very good. And ultimately, they've gotten, they got further that season than they have in subsequent years where I thought they were World Series teams. So it's true. You never know. You never know. But, again, Beatty might hit. Vientos might hit. And suddenly you've answered it and gotten youth. And it's the best thing that could happen in the front. There is a world where that happens, where Beatty and Vientos – rise to the occasion, solidify themselves as Major League Baseball players, and you're way better off for it because now you're winning now and in the future. That There is a world where that's possible. I don't like to bet on it. There's a world, for as and to say the same about the Yankees, there's a world where Carlos Rodon is unbelievable. He's already throwing 97. He reverts back to being that secondary ace for the Yankees, that top of the rotation. It's the best dynamic duo in all of baseball. Nesta Cortez is healthy. Uh, Marcus Stroman is happy to be a Yankee and pitching the best baseball of his career. And the rotation's not only, you know, not such a question mark, but one of the better ones in all of baseball and leads them to a great season. There's a world where that's the case. I don't like banking on it. I want to go out another pitcher because I can't just say, oh, that will happen. And it's too important to me to wait around and see. And right now, the season is not important enough to the New York Mets where they are willing to wait around and see. And I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. Not when there's easy options. Not when there's a one-year deal for a legitimate bat. Not when there's a, a starting pitcher out there whose market has collapsed and you might be able to get him on a song as, a, as opposed to what? Hoping next year is different? Hoping you develop all these young starting pitchers? Where? From where? Inside the organization? Where exactly? Like, it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Sean in San Diego. What's up, Sean? That's not the world we live in, C-Mac. It's not? That is not the world we live in. What does that mean? Come on, man. But everything you just been saying, I'm agreeing with you right now. Yeah. It's not the world we live in. Correct. So, I mean, why? how is that a hard uh, concept to comprehend? Well, I, don't, I thought because... you were the smartest guy on oh, WFAM. Here, here we, I, well, I'm not. <laughs> I'm the smartest guy on the phone call. That's all I'm promising right now. But I'm saying, like, wow. Like, okay, <laughs> well, because I'm, I say hello and you go. It's not the I world heard, we live in. I didn't no, like. I you understand, know. but I uh, listen. Listen, I listen to you guys on the uh, the Odyssey Rewind. Mm-hmm. I am a, a big fan. I love all you guys. Yes. I, I heard you that you wanted me to call you up. I couldn't do it last night, so I'm calling you right now. So, what do you want to talk about? What do I I want to What do I want to talk about? Well, I mean, we were talking about the Soto. Yes, and I, and right, and and, and I defended and I defended you. If you listened, I defended you to sub, yeah, subsequent callers. And you were you you came around. And I disagree with you very. Like, I I really disagree with you pretty strongly, but I don't think. Uh, and if me and, and you get into an, an and if me and you get into a back and forth where you know it becomes a little contentious, that's the one, one thing. One man that called after me. Just called up to call me an idiot. That yes, was not nice. Not very and I, and I told him so. And Yo, and I agree with you. And that's why, like, listen, listen, I had so much fun on that phone call. So I'm going to make you Let's gonna go. make one more point because let, let, just 
let me just put on like uh, an attachment to the last uh, two days a call call. So okay. there's two things in baseball when it comes to Soto or any player. Mm-hmm. There's the eye test and there's also the stats. You were throwing me baseball reference stuff, and I was obviously a uh, little under the weather uh, liquid-wise. And you, you <laughs> got to, like, bury me a little bit. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you right now, when you make fun of all my friends and everybody, the eye <laughs> test is the one thing when you watch 152 games. Right. Right? Right. So, I mean, that's all I'm saying. I, I'm, I wish Soto the best. I, I really wish that yeah. he would have been a Met. It's never going to happen. He's going to be a Yankee. He's going to do great this year. But well, then, I, what, like, then what are we I talking about? Well, I just want to make up with you, see. No, I know, but I'm just. But I'm, I'm, and I don't call you Big Mac because that's disrespectful. No, that's that's fine. I went by Big Mac for a while. That's okay. I'm back. Really? I guess I'm you back did? to see. I, like, I, I thought I heard that you didn't like that. No, maybe I, maybe I was just making. Yeah, that no, up. I'm fine with it. No, Craig, for the afternoon show, Craig and Evan, I was Big Mac. Yeah. Um, All right, so I had no problem. No, no. Now sports, sports. Now that I got you on the line, Knicks. What are we gonna do? We got a week. I mean, how healthy are we going to be? Because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a 45-year-old diehard Knicks fan that is dying to see us at least get to the Eastern, like the the East Coast Championships, like the Eastern Conference Championships. Yeah. I mean, are you out of your mind? Like, I mean, last year was a big disappointment. Do you think that Randall's coming back? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's. that's I think Randall is a big piece. Oh my! Yeah, of, I know of a lot of people hate Randall, but I love Randall. He's he is like there's, there's something about him that like gives a, like the heart and soul to that Knicks team. When he's not on the court, I know a lot of people um, complain about his uh, emotion or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think that's like just shows passion. So I'll shut up now. Yeah, uh, well, no need to shut up, uh, Sean. Um, but I did have to eventually hang up on you. But thank you for the call. And, yeah, I mean, it's one thing for me and you to get into it, and if, if a couple of idiots and morons fly, it's all in the uh, the effort of, of just having a little passion on the show, and that's fine. You can call me an idiot. I can call you a moron. Sarcastically say, oh, I thought you were the smartest guy on the station. Oh, that's fine. But when callers just call up and start laying into them, that's not nice. So I did a couple of callers uh, followed him with a bunch of idiot stuff the last time he called because he told me Juan Soto is just a, a guy who looks for walks. I mean, he happens to lead the league in walks every single year, but I don't think he's just looking for it. Now when he hits 35 home runs, it's just there is there is such a thing, to get to his earlier point, there is such a thing of the eye test, but when the when you when you look at the eye test, right, and then you go, you know, this guy stinks or he just walks, and then the the eye test has to be backed up by some sort of numbers, otherwise it doesn't work. Vice versa, like same thing. Like someone might call me today and go, Chris, I'm telling you right now, the eye test, I watch Beatty swing. Beatty's going to be amazing. Uh, I love his swing. He'll find, figure out how to work and hit lefties. This is going to be the year. He's going to be the starting third baseman. The Mets are doing the right thing. Blah, blah, blah. And I'll go, okay, but eventually the eye test has to be backed by results. The, the eye test is, is, is a, uh, a form of, of hoping that the numbers will eventually be there. And it works the other way where you can't just say, well, the eye test, I just see him walk and do the shuffle. He hit 35 home runs, drove in 100 runs. He he's he's a phenom. He's getting he gets compared to Ted Williams. 
So I understand you and your friends might have an eye test where you you didn't like how much Juan Soto you know looked for a, a, a walk on three on three and one or something. But like he's a he's an absolute beast. He's one of the he's on the way to the Hall of Fame. Guys who look for walks don't make it to the Hall of Fame. As Cole as Garrett Cole said today in his press conference, Juan Soto has the best understanding in, uh, of the strike zone in all of baseball. Juan Soto has the best understanding. No hitter has a better understanding of the strike zone in all of baseball than Juan Soto. And if you think that's a negative because of your eye test, then I would get new eyes. Did his eye test miss the 2019 postseason? Yeah, when he was a yeah, when he was a monster and carried the team uh, to a World Series championship with like Howie Kendrick, although he had big home runs. Um, yeah, I guess he missed that. I guess he missed that. But he was there for that half a year after the trade where he wasn't so good with San Diego. So that's how it works. The Yankees, I can't wait to watch Juan Soto. If Juan Soto's down year is going to be the, the second best player they've had in forever. Like that's He's just he's going to be great. It's going to be, as long as he's healthy, it's going to be a fantastic season for him. And hopefully the Yankees will sign him. And to your question about Randall, I'll disagree with you that he's the heart and soul of the team. I think quite clearly now Brunson has become the heart and soul of the team. I don't think it's debatable. Uh, Brunson is the leader. Brunson is the heart and soul of the team. Randall's a huge piece, though. I mean, you you called him a big piece, a huge piece. They're going nowhere if he doesn't come back. If he gets reevaluated, and the the word around the league is that they're optimistic, that is re- that they that right now they expect him to be back. He's doing everything he can do. There's some optimism on what he's already able to do with the shoulder. He was in such tremendous shape that it's helping him. Uh, recover from this injury, and everything feels and sounds great. And they expect the uh, to not be too long after the evaluation. That's what I. That's some of what I've heard and read is that after the evaluation, they're hoping to ramp it up for, fairly quickly. But I don't know. And yeah, if he if he doesn't come back, if that evaluation shows more damage and he's hurt himself further by rehabbing, and they're going to call it quits on the season, forget about it. Season's dead. You can't. They can't win without Rand, without Randall. That's one hundred percent true. But the problem is, the fans dislike him. Those who do, because he's been at his worst in the biggest moments. I think it's it's hard to argue. He would even say it. Like it's it's just unfortunately. And now we've seen guys do that and then turn it around, much like Alex Rodriguez. And today is Alex Rodriguez Day. Alex Rodriguez was far worse in every single big spot in the postseason than he was in normal situations throughout his whole career. Until 2009, when he put the Yankees on his back and won a championship for them. And make no mistake, that's exactly what happened. He didn't win the ALCS MVP. He should have. He didn't win the World Series MVP. That rightfully went to Matsui. But he carried them to a championship. He he came through with every stinking big hit you could possibly imagine. But up until that moment... He was a great regular season player who stunk in the postseason. And right now, unfortunately for Randall, whether it be injuries, whether it be the immediate change in the dynamic nature of the the crowds and atmosphere of postseason from, uh, you know, COVID basketball to the bubble. Or, you know, COVID basketball, not to the bubble. That was the year after, but still lesser crowds to suddenly full crowds in the playoffs against the Hawks or the ankle injury of last year or whatever the case when the, the Knicks have found themselves in the biggest of moments, Randall's been at his worst. So that's why the fans get 
you know, over crazy and rip down pictures of him and go absolutely nuts and can't stand him and he needs to go up until, of course, you get to November and he's an absolute beast again and he's in December the driving force of the team winning games and suddenly, hey, hey, love that Randall. He's probably somewhere in between. But they desperately need him back. There's no question about that. But unfortunately, not unfortunately, unfortunately, whatever the case may be, the heart and soul of the New York Knicks is not Randall. It is Jalen Brunson. But Randall's damn important, and they don't go anywhere without him. So hopefully the news will be good for him. Same same thing with Ananobi, really. I don't think they don't go anywhere without Ananobi. You need him back. But that's a lesser injury. That's a more you know certain recovery from... Uh, surgery to remove a foreign body body from your elbow. That's a more established, you know he'll be back. Randall's is a little bit more up in the air. 